The title of my talk tonight is, is on the screen there, One Touch from Jesus Changes Everything. You've already heard the stories this evening uh, about that. And some of you older people may remember a song by Godfrey Bertel, One Touch from the King Changes Everything. I did ask Dan to play it, but it probably wasn't even written when he was born. He, he doesn't know it. I want to I wanna preach to you this evening. Is, is that okay? I want to impart something to you that God has placed in me. I want to speak to your faith this evening. There's that theme there and hopefully increase it. Your expectancy will shape your experience. I want to show you something in Scripture that I've seen. And if there's any theologians in the house, I'm going to ask you to take that hat off this evening. You see, revelation in Scripture is, is often personal. It's incredible. And Ephesians 1.17, and this is Paul, he, he says and, and prays for us that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It goes on in that verse. He goes on to say why. And he says, so that you may know him better. One touch from Jesus changes everything. I want to look at a passage this evening. I'm going to jump straight into it. You may know it well. It's in Mark 5, and we'll read from verse 21. I want to share just a little bit for a short time this evening some, um, some revelation. You'll, you'll know it well. It says this, after Jesus returned from across the lake, a huge crowd of people quickly gathered around him on the shoreline. Just then, a man saw that it was Jesus. So he's been waiting, actually, waiting for Jesus. He's been anticipating his arrival. He saw that it was Jesus. So he pushed through the crowd, noticed that, and threw himself down at his feet, noticed that. His name was Jairus, a Jewish official who was in charge of the synagogue. He pleaded with Jesus, saying over and over, please come with me, my little daughter is at the point of death. Notice this I've highlighted for you. She's only 12 years old. Come and lay your hands on her and heal her and she will live. Jesus went with him and a huge crowd followed, pressing in on him from all sides. Now in the crowd that day, a woman who had suffered horrible, horribly from continual bleeding for 12 years, Notice that she had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors, yet in spite of spending all she had on their treatments, she was not getting better, but worse. When she heard about Jesus' healing power, she pushed through the crowds, did you notice that, and came up from behind and touched his pressure, for he kept saying to herself, for she kept saying to herself, sorry, if only I could touch his clothes, I know I will be healed. As soon as her hand touched him, notice that, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it, for she could feel her body instantly being healed of her disease. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him, for he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd saying, who touched my clothes? His disciples answered, what do you mean who touched you? Look at this huge crowd. They're all pressing up against you. But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd, looking for the one who had touched him for healing. When the woman who experienced this miracle realized what had happened to her, she came before him, trembling with fear, and threw herself down at his feet. Notice that. Saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him her story of what had just 
happens. Then Jesus said to her, daughter, notice that. Because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Go with peace in your heart and be free from suffering. And before he had finished speaking, people arrived at Jairus' house and pushed through the crowd to give Jairus the news. There's no need to trouble the master any longer. Your daughter has died. But Jesus, Jesus refused to listen to what they were told, uh, to, to what they were told and said to the Jewish official, don't yield to fear. All you need to do is keep on believing. Notice that. Some of you in your situations, in your circumstances this evening, you don't need to yield to fear. You simply need to keep on believing. Keep on trusting. That's a word for someone here this evening. So they left for his home. But Jesus didn't allow anyone to go with them except Peter and the two brothers, Jacob and John. When they arrived at the home of the synagogue ruler, they encountered a noisy uproar among the people, for they were all weeping and wailing. Upon entering the home, Jesus said to them, why all this grief and weeping? Don't you know the girl is not dead, but merely asleep? Then everyone began to ridicule and make fun of him, but he threw them all outside. That's a great thing to do when someone's ridiculing you. Then he took the child's father and mother, his three disciples, and went into the room where the girl was lying. He tenderly clasped the child's hand in his and said to her in Aramaic, Talitha kum, which means little girl, wake up from the sleep of death. Instantly, Notice that the 12-year-old girl sat up, stood to her feet and started walking around the room. Everyone was overcome with astonishment in seeing this miracle. Jesus had them bring her something to eat and he repeatedly cautioned them that they were never to tell no one about what happened. Wow. Again, say that backwards. That's an amazing passage of scripture. That's an incredible story of healing and of faith. But I want to suggest it's more than that. But it does start with faith. And I want you to know this evening, I want you to know that our faith is not like any other faith. Our faith is transparent, transparent and transformational. Our faith teaches us to cross over obstacles, to climb over walls, to break through crowds. Our faith calls us to walk on water, even in the midst of a storm, and it enables us to, to, to survive the fires of this life. Our faith enables us to see the invisible, to embrace the impossible, and to hope for the incredible. It's our Christ-centered faith, Christ-focused faith that enables us to touch the master, and it's that touch that changes everything. I wanna speak to your faith this, morning, this evening. Here's, here's the story. Jesus has, has returned from across the lake and he's come back to some stuff. How many of you know, know when you go away on holiday or a vacation, you, you come back from somewhere, you always come back to some stuff, don't you? And here Jesus has, has come back to some stuff. A, a Jewish um, uh, official from the synagogue is waiting for him. Again, that's significant. A man named Jairus pushes through the crowd and throws himself at the feet of Jesus. He pleads with him to, hear, to heal his 12-year-old daughter who's at the point of death. 
See, this man is desperate. He's at the feet of Jesus. Guys, when you're desperate in life, where do you go? Where's the first place you go? Is it to the fridge, to the shopping center, to the screen, or is it to the bottle? Or is it to the feet of Jesus? Jairus, he, he does the right thing, and Jesus immediately went with him. Jesus can immediately be in that situation, that circumstance, when you fall at his feet first. But then in the story, a woman shows up, a woman who's not invited. She, she crashes the party as Jesus is en route to heal a 12-year-old girl. See, Jesus in the story, he's not even looking her way. He hasn't noticed her until she touches his shawl from behind. Then she's instantly healed. You see, when you read this story, it's a story of healing and of faith. The 12-year-old girl healed and brought back to life. And the older woman who suffered horribly from continual bleeding for 12 years. And here's what I saw, what I see in this story. You see, I don't think it's a coincidence that the girl was 12 years old and the older lady suffered for 12 years. You see, he's on route to a young girl when an older lady from a different generation reached out and touched him. For me, there's a generational link here, a generational reality that cannot be denied. And I want to humbly suggest to you this evening, when the older generation reach out and touch Jesus, the younger generation, the dying generation will be saved. You see, there's a generation that's coming behind us that has no knowledge of Jesus. There's a generation right now that are known as the nons, N-O-N-E-S. They have no affiliation to any religion. The absolute truth means nothing to them. And we talk a lot in this church about millennials and the Gen Z, and we must continue to do that. But there's a generation behind them that are going to be even harder to reach. Cara, my eight-year-old daughter, is living in a completely different world than I was when I was that age. But this is the scary thing, guys. My two-year-old daughter is living in a completely different world to Cara, my eight-year-old. The advances in te technology and sociology are frightening when it comes to sharing our faith. It can seem like we're lost. It's impossible. There's no hope. But I want to speak to your faith this, morning, this evening and encourage it. Because I believe this is the greatest opportunity for us to do so. But we have to get serious about it. We have to be desperate enough to touch Jesus in order for the dying and I'm talking about spiritual life here. The ones that know nothing about Jesus can be saved. And this evening, I know you, you might be struggling in life. You're, you're hurt. You might think you've got nothing to give. You might be thinking you haven't got the time. But while we're the bleeding generation, the leaking generation, while this stuff is going on, guys, there's a generation that's dying. The woman, she was desperate enough to change are you? She broke through the crowd and she touched Jesus before he went on to save the dying girl. See, I believe that Jesus will use this generation that reaches out and touches him to save the next generation. 
and I'm really speaking to you all tonight. You see, if there's a generation that's behind you, you are the ones to reach them. We all should be concerned. We all should be bothered. And we all should be desperate enough to break through and to do whatever it takes. Because this affects our children and your children's children and so on. You know, I don't want to manipulate you into anything this evening. I want to encourage you. I want to stir you. I don't want to condemn you. Either. I don't feel condemned, but I do want to provoke you. And I'm not necessarily asking you to do more but I am asking you to be more in your everyday life with Jesus. You see, we have to be desperate enough to reach out and to touch Jesus because one touch from Jesus changes everything. But we then have to go. You see, it's not just enough to love people. Sure, it, it starts with that. It's the result of that. But if it doesn't move on from that, guys, we are nothing more than hippies. And I've got nothing against hippies, but we're not called to be them. We're called to share grace and truth, not just love alone. Grace accepts, love accepts, but it's truth that sets people free. (laughs) You know, it's frustrating sometimes being an evangelist and behind a desk in church. But on a Wednesday, you know, I I regularly get out and and I pray for people and the town and the businesses and all stuff like that. That's part of of, uh, of what I do. And uh, a few years ago, we were praying around the Highfield Estate. A couple of you you, um, joined me and it was really on my heart just to pray for, 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 for God to break through, to do nothing else, to pray and to just show love. And we did that for, for a while and we helped people and we built relationships and we had good relationships, you know, stuff was going well and we loved on lots of people. But then one afternoon as I was walking and, and praying and doing stuff, I really felt the Holy Spirit say this and you can test it out. And again, this was my revelation. I felt the Holy Spirit say this, Simon, you can love people to hell. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> wow because it's got to be backed up with truth. See, people need to be set free from prisons and the torment that they find themselves in. And guys, we're the keys. We have Jesus, and we can introduce people to him. And we do some great things here in this church that you may know nothing about. And I want to tell you about some of those things tonight. Is that okay? And then maybe you can get involved You know, every fortnight here in this church, we've been doing it for a while now, we run something called Open House, a community cafe that meets the needs of some of the most vulnerable in our community. They come and they have a meal with us. Most people don't have that. That's their only cooked meal of that week. It's a safe place. It's a fun place. It's a loving place. And a team of volunteers do an incredible job. Real relationships are being built. And it's often the front door to our church. You know, as a result of people coming to open house to have their physical needs met, to be fed literally. You know, their spiritual needs have been met too. Because we share truth. People have come to Alpha. People have come to church and people have met Jesus. And this evening, I want to thank the team and especially Joe Gregory, who initially started this up. These were people 
who were desperate enough to touch Jesus. And now they're seeing people saved. You know, I oversee it now. And if you want to get involved, there is so much more to be done. So much, guys. You can pop your name down. Here's the plug in the connection point before you go this evening. But right now, I'd love you to take a moment to pray for these teams. There's a lot in the room here this evening that you may not even know they serve here for a few hours on a Saturday morning, every fortnight, meeting the needs of the most vulnerable in our society, in our community. So if you're part of the open house team here this morning, sorry this evening, I keep saying that. Can you, can you stand up? If you're, part, if you're in the open house team, stand up, guys. There's loads of you here. I can see you. I'm going to invite Joe. Sean, can you come and just play for a minute? There is something significant about reaching out and touching. Guys, I hope you're getting that this evening. As these guys are, uh, are standing, I'm going to ask you to reach out and touch them and to pray for everything that they do there. And I'm going to ask Joe to pray for them. Uh, one of the foundational scriptures that we um, began the work of Open House, and it came from the high field, litter picking, uh, and then we went into uh, sports days, and God just grew the work in our hearts, and he grew it here out of Open House. And the foundational scripture is this. It's from Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the, for the prisoners. Sorry, and release from darkness for the prisoners. And uh, it was my utter privilege to work with these guys who are standing up. They have got a servant heart like I've seen nowhere else. Um, and they give up their Saturdays um, once a month or more than that. And the work that they do meets need. It meets, you know, people are hungry. We went to people on the high field and they had no food in their cupboards. They could not feed their children in the summer holidays because they, the kids weren't going to school. Um, and out of that desire to meet a physical need, this team... As Simon has said, through love, through conversation, through praying for people, this team is leading people to Christ, not just their physical needs. So I just want to pray for them now, if that's okay. Father, I just want to thank you for Open House. It was birthed out of faith. And God, I want to ask that you would multiply this work. Jesus. Lord, it meets um, every other yes. Saturday. But God, I pray for more. I pray for Come more on. food to be available. I pray Father. for more resources Jesus. in more volunteers' Jesus. hours. And I pray, God, that you would multiply the work and that you would make it reach more and more people who are vulnerable and who need in this society, in Hell's Owen, in this location. Lord, people who would never step in this church, but they do because they know that they're loved and they know they've got a warm meal in their tummies. And God, I pray that you would multiply this work and you would bless and you would add favor to what is going on there on a Saturday morning. And Lord, you'd bring more people to help and you'd bring more resources into this, that this work would spread. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jim. 
Thank you. Just keep playing Sean for a moment. That'd be great. You know, don't usually name people like this, but this evening I've got another name for you. You know, we partner with uh, uh, an organization called Fair Share and Tesco. You would have heard of them. And they give us free food to give away again to the people that need it most. And Mick Cox, he's been doing that for so many um, years now. I think it's a couple of years he's been doing that on the Highfield Estate, come rain, come wind, come shine. And now he's started to do it on a, on a Monday morning um, on the Brickhouse Estate um, in, in Rowley Regis. Um, and again, all weathers, winter. Um, and he's standing there outside often for a couple of hours giving free food out to people that need it most. You know, there's much need on that estate and it's no coincidence that we're placed right next to the school. And as parents pass with their children, they've been blown away by the offer of free free food. And and Mick, he's built uh, incredible relationships up with some of those people. Some have come to the coffee morning as a result of that and some are thinking about coming to church. But here's the thing, when he gives out food, he hands the say one for me cards out for people to pray. He said for people to pray and put their prayer requests down. He tells them that he's a Christian and why he's doing what he's doing. And then he says he invites, he'd love to pray for you. And guess what, guys? We are getting more prayer cards back on a Monday morning than our three locations on a Sunday. It is just incredible what God is doing through that. And we are seeing answers to some of those prayers too. So I want to honour Mick this evening. Is that okay? The Bible calls us to do that. Man, he is doing the car park outside again, standing out in the gold. He is a servant high guy. And I want, to pr- I want you to pray for him and encourage him in all that he does because it's, it's us and we're meeting people's needs. And Mick, stand up. I'm not going to say anymore. I'm not going to embarrass you any further. But again, <laughs> these guys are doing that. Okay, cut. Yeah. Guys, reach out, reach out hands. Reach out hand if you're close by, touch him. Touch is important. Father God, we thank you so much for this opportunity that we have with Fair Share and Tesco and the food that is given to us. And it's meeting the need of the most, again, needy people in, in, in the community. And Father, I want to thank you for Mick right now. I want to thank you for his servant heart. I want to thank you that it's not just physical food he's given. He wants to see people take and receive spiritual food. And I want to pray for an increase in conversations, Father God. I want to pray for an increase in prayer requests. And Father God, I want to pray for salvations. Father God, I pray that Mick would see salvations as a result of what he's doing. Would he be encouraged to continue what he's doing, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, guys, this evening, it's, it's about love. Yes, that's so important. It's about grace. Yes, God offers that in abundance. But it's got to be grace and truth. Grace and truth. And just quickly as we, we come to a close, I, I want to share a, a new initiative that, again, that has been birthing 
in me for, for a while now. Every Wednesday for years, I, I go out around Hales Owen and I just pray. I look into people's eyes and I'm like, God, what are you doing in their situation? How can I pray for them? What's going on? Sometimes, you know, I'm not speaking to people, but just getting that sense of compassion and what God would want for their situation. I'm asking for an insight into their situation. Guys, it starts with compassion. Jesus did what he did because he had compassion, but he went on to share truth. And what I do now is when I go out, I serve people. I do that. I love on people. I carry bags for old ladies. I open doors. I, I do what I can. Jesus, Jesus' thought, first thought when he met people was how he could serve them. And by serving them, guys, that often leads to an opportunity to share in truth. And you know, when I first started here and started serving, you know, I worked for, I worked for EE part-time, you know, the mobile company and um, worked for them part-time, worked for the church part-time too. But then things increasingly got better here and, and left EE and um, started to, 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 to um, yeah, work here full-time. But because I'm so glad I've um, left EE, I've named this new initiative EE. It's called Evangelism Equipping. Simply that, EE, Evangelism Equipping. See, this is not just to head out onto, onto the streets. We may do that, but this is for everyday life. How you can share your story and invite someone to become part of God's story. Again, there's a sign up uh, sheet in the connection point. If you're interested, if you've got a real heart for evangelism, then I'd love um, to connect with you and to really look at doing some of this um, training. Uh, again, what God's placed on my heart. Coming back as we come to a close, I know time is drawing on and there's so many responses here for you guys um, this evening. <laughs> you know, the woman in the story, coming back to this, she had nothing. She had limited resources. She ran out of money. The Jewish official, he had money, he had position, but it meant nothing in his situation. In this story we, that we read, they, they both fell at the feet of Jesus. See, this is where it starts and where it ends. We need to stay at the feet of Jesus. And when we're desperate enough, guys, when we're desperate enough to do what it takes, to get to Jesus and touch Him, everything changes. One touch from Jesus changes everything. And here's the thing, and I'm guilty of this too. It's what Gemma shared earlier. We want Jesus to touch us, don't we? To touch me, Jesus. You know, Jesus, I don't feel close to you at the moment. Touch me. The woman. She doesn't wait to be touched. She breaks through and she touches him. And guess what? That's when her real breakthrough came. Guys, let's not wait to be touched anymore. Let's be desperate enough to break through, to do whatever it takes to touch Jesus. If the bleeding generation, and that's all of us here, reach out and touch Jesus, a dying generation will be saved. One touch from Jesus changes everything.
I'll invite the, the band to come back up. I've given you stuff to think about there, hopefully this evening to, to challenge you, to hopefully inspire you. And then I do want to equip you as well. But it all starts with coming back to the feet of Jesus. That's got to be our first response and only response. And then out of that, man, one touch from Jesus changes everything. I want to invite you to stand this evening as we, as we come to a close. We'll have a, a bit of time. I want you guys to, to respond again in your, in your own way, whatever has spoken to you this evening. But the first one, I really want to encourage you. It's getting back to basics. Back to where it all began. The foot of the cross at the feet of Jesus. You know, if, you want, if you're saying you want to be different, then you have to be desperate enough to reach out and touch him. Fall at the feet of Jesus. And we, what we read in the story, immediately, you know, their situations change. If you fall at the feet of Jesus this evening, immediately, he's there in your situation. I want to encourage you with that. Don't go anywhere else first. Go to his feet first. Fall at his feet. You know, this story, this story is a story of healing and of faith. Some of you are going through some difficult stuff right now and you need healing. And we believe in healing in this church. We believe that God heals. We would love to pray for you as well this evening to stand with you. And again, faith. I don't know where you are in your faith journey, but what Dan has said and what we've been saying all night really is your expectancy will shape your experience. Guys, it all comes back to your faith and to your relationship with Jesus. So we're going to sing this song and, and hopefully this is your response. The, the words that come up on the screen, don't just sing them. Let them resonate at the core of your being. Mean them with every word. And then we'll see what God does.